0: Change by uh, Taylor Swift. So, any Taylor Swift fans out there? Yeah, all right, all right. Anybody doesn't want to admit it? <laughs> all right, we're in this uh, series, Think Different, and we've been talking about the fact that change is possible, that just one thought can change your life. You know, it's possible for us to experience the abundant life that Jesus promised his followers. But I think it's easy to be intimidated and think, well, I can never do that. And if you think you can't, you can't. That's the reality. We have to think different, think different in, in our lives. And we've talked about the fact that it's not the big things that, that will keep you from succeeding, from excelling in some area of your life, but oftentimes it's little things that go unnoticed, nobody sees, that'll result in the really big thing that you want in your life. And that's why your thoughts matter so much. Because your thoughts will influence your words, your words will influence your actions. And those actions will create habits in your life, and those will determine the direction you go. It'll ultimately determine your destination. And the fact is, I want you to not be mistaken. You are in a war in your life. You're in a war, and you're not fighting some imaginary enemy. The fact is, the evil one, is fighting to steal from you, to kill and to destroy ultimately. And it is a fight for your mind. See, as you think, you become. And it is possible to live in this life with all this negativity around us. I I think it trips us up. And we we get consumed with the negative thoughts, and they trip you up and mess you up. Friends, if you want to change your life, you got to change your thoughts. And what I want to do today is I want to revisit a verse that we looked at earlier in the series. You know, Paul's writing uh, Christ followers that are believing a lot of lies. They, they bought into it. And Paul says this. He says, For though we live in in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And if you were here the week we talked about this, you might recall that, that that whole idea of strongholds, it literally means to be a prisoner locked in deception. The idea being that that the things that are holding you captive are your thoughts. Because you're thinking wrong about something. You're believing things that aren't true. You're believing lies. You've bought into it. And as a Christ follower, you have a supernatural weapon available. It's available to you from God. And you've got to get this. You may be outnumbered. You may feel cornered in your life today. They they might be bigger than you. You might feel like the fight isn't fair that you're involved in, that the walls have been put up all around you. They're there to hold you back. Those are the strongholds. And friends, those walls are going to come down. You, You can stand, I believe, as a champion in your life because your weapon is not of this world. You have a weapon with supernatural power in your life to to crush, to vanquish, to, as Scripture says, demolish the strongholds, to demolish those patterns of thinking that are holding you hostage in your life, you know, Paul goes on, he says we we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, any thought that you're thinking that is inconsistent with the truth of God, you're you're to grab a hold of that and you're to make it your prisoner. You're not the prisoner in life. The, the lies of the evil one, the lies of culture that are messing you up, see, instead, they, they become the prisoner to the truth of God's word. Your brain, and we're going to get technical a little bit here, but your brain has narrow pathways. And it has been proven... That the more you think something, that that pathway gets kind of ingrained in your brain, so to speak. And so the more you think a thought, whatever it is, the easier it is to think that thought. You know, which is really good news if what you're thinking is true, accurate, pure, lovely, excellent, admirable, praiseworthy, But here's the problem that I see. If you're believing things that aren't true, the more you think those things, the easier it is to go down that path time and time again. In other words, that will become very well-traveled in your life. And I want you to stay with me, all right? I want to introduce another concept, and then I'll bring it together, I promise. And that's cognitive bias, you know, what's, what is cognitive bias? Well, think of it as a mental filter in your life. And a, kind of a simple definition for me would be cognitive bias is a mistake in reasoning based on a personal preference or belief that you have. Yeah, you know, some of you grew up with some kind of prejudice in your life. Or, or some kind of belief you believed it was true but the fact is you were misguided and so if you have a cognitive bias in your life you have a mental filter that's not accurate you know s- several years ago i uh, bought a pair of sunglasses and it was the first time I had a pair that was polarized. So anyway, I, I got them. I'm wearing them. I mean, I'm styling in these things, you know. Got in the car, sat down, and I get my iPhone out, and my screen's just dark. It's, it's distorted. It's kind of messed up, and I'm thinking, okay, I just charged this thing. It, it, can't, it can't be dead already. What, what's going on here? So I restart it. I'm looking at the screen. It's still distorted. And I'm like, I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. So I head into the house. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm frustrated at this time. And so I take my glasses off. Screen's clear. No distortion. Some of you have had an experience like that in your life. You, you put on some frame and it's got a different filter on it. And it has distorted how you see the world. You know, what you see is not accurate. It's a cognitive bias. And so you start making the wrong decisions based on the wrong assumptions in your life. That is the bias. It's partly why different people will respond different ways to the same situation. You ever seen that? I mean, you ever notice? I mean, the same situation, same environment, and yet two people will have radically different views of what took place. Why is that? It's the filter that's there. You might've seen it in the workplace, for instance. You know, a situation, boss calls in a couple employees one at a time, talks to them, and gives them the same feedback the same exact way. And yet, they respond radically different, the employees do. I mean, one person gets all offended. You know, I mean, who do they think they are going to tell me how to do this, and I'll tell you what, I'll give them some feedback. And the other person, again, same situation, same feedback, but that person goes, Hey, thanks. I had never thought about it that way. That, I think that's helpful. The difference, most of the time, it's the filter with which we hear things. I mean, think, of, think about it. You know, there might be two people visiting today, maybe online. And so one of them comes in or is watching the service, and they're going, you know, Christians, they're all hypocrites. Seriously, Did you hear that music they played? I don't like that music. And the chance of them having a good experience, would you say it's high or low? It's low. It's really low, really low. Someone else, first time here, and they go, you know, I'm not sure Christians have it all together. Don't know if they have the answers, but you know, we all got issues Well, that music was a little different. I don't like Taylor Swift. But I guess I'll see where this goes. That person is more likely to have a good experience. Same service. It's not the content that's different. It's the filter. Your filter can impact everything in your life. It it can even impact your relationship with God. You know, studies have shown that if your relationship with your earthly father will impact how you see your heavenly father, you know, how you perceive your heavenly father, so to speak. So for those of you that were blessed to have a loving, compassionate father, a, a dad that was involved in your life, you may find it easier to believe that God is good, God is loving, God is compassionate. That it's easier easier to recognize that God is really interested in what's going on in your life. However, someone that grew up with a father that was maybe absent or abusive or distant or cold or demanding, very judgmental. Well they may find it much more difficult to see God, their Heavenly Father, as caring and loving and forgiving. God is not different. The filter's different. See, this filter's powerful. That's why we have to reframe things in our lives. And what is that? I mean, well, it's simply creating... A different way of looking at something. A different way of looking at a person. A relationship. A different way of looking at a situation. It's a little bit like uh, the kid that really loved baseball and heads to the backyard to play and and he's, the whole time he's going, you know, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. I'm great. I'm unbelievable hitter. And so... Tosses the ball in the air to himself, swings the bat and misses. Oh, well, everybody misses once in a while. I'm still the greatest hitter of all time and tosses it up and swings and misses and tosses it up again and swings and misses and then goes, you know, oh, well, I missed it. Wait a minute, I'm the greatest pitcher of all time because I just struck out the greatest hitter of all time. See, see how this goes? You know, the, the fact is you reframe things. It's challenging you to look at something differently. And that's called cognitive restructuring. Now, I'll say it in simpler terms. Think different. Think different in your life. What what kind of day are you going to have today? A great day? An average day? A pathetic, awful, really bad day? You know, the kind of day you're going to have depends on the frame that you put it in. Some of you have a negative frame. You're thinking you're going to have a bad day. Why? Well, because... You know, the people I work with, they're they're a pain. You know, this job's awful. I I hate, I hate this project. What kind of day they're going to have? It depends on how you frame it. You know, today's a new day. It's full of God-given opportunities. I mean, sure, people people can be a challenge in life, but I'm going to believe the best is possible today. What kind of day are you going to have? It depends on how you frame it from the beginning. See, you may not be able to control what happens in your life. Have you figured that out? You may not be able to control it, but you can control how you frame it. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's very strategic. He had a very strategic plan for his ministry, and he wanted to go to Rome. Why? Well, he knew if he could preach in Rome, he could reach world leaders. and Because he understood that if he could reach world leaders, he could spread the good news of Jesus Christ all around the world. It was his prayer. It was his plan. Paul got to Rome, all right, but he did not get a preach in the city square. No, he's confined to a prison. He's under house arrest. He's got walls all around him. He's chained to a Roman guard. He's awaiting trial, possibly execution. What Paul wanted did not happen in his life. And some of you, that's where you are today. That's where you are right now. You, you thought you thought if you got that degree, you'd get that job. And the fact is, you got the degree, you got the job, but it's a job that you didn't expect you were going to get. It's you're way overqualified. It's in an entirely different field than you planned. And some of you are going, "Why?" I mean, some of you were so sure that you'd be here at this point, doing this or that, having obtained this or that by this point in your life. Then one morning you woke up, kind of reflected, assessed things, and now you're thinking, what happened? When did my dream die? Paul says, I want to preach the gospel in Rome. But instead, he's in prison in Rome. Not what he planned at all. See, Paul could not control what happened to him. But Paul could decide how he was going to frame things. See, Paul could have said, This is awful. You know what, what has happened to me? It's wrong. You know it's painful, it's terrible. I, I want you to know that it's pure hell right now, and I'm quitting and I'm done with it all. But he doesn't do that. Instead, Paul, he reframes his situation, and Paul says this: "Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, get this. this is important." that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. See, Paul, he can't control what happened, but he can control how he's going to frame this thing. He says, I know what it looks like. I know it looks like I'm in a prison, but I want you to think again. You know, I have been strategically put in chains. I've got an influential Roman guard next to me. In fact, I get several of them in the run of a day. Every eight hours, I got a new audience. And I've said this before. It makes me wonder who's the prisoner at that point, you know. Paul goes, let me tell you about Jesus. And they can't go anywhere. See the walls that were put up to hold Paul back? Well, they fell down. He never gave up. I mean, I want to sing hallelujah at that point. Friends, you cannot control what happens. But you can control how you frame it in your life. I mean, I want you to know. What has happened has actually served to advance the gospel, Paul says. You know, I want you to get this. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. A lot of people, they're looking at Paul's situation. They're thinking, this is bad. It's really bad. Paul's like, you don't get it. You know, when, when I look through my God frames, I can tell God's working in this. I mean, I may be confined behind the walls here, but my God's brought him down. I mean, you can hear him celebrating, hallelujah. Friends, you can't control what happens. But you can control what? How you frame it. So how do you you reframe things in your life? You know, especially when your thoughts tend to drift to the negative. You know, when people around you tend to be discouraging. When you get that self-defeating kind of language echoing in your head what can you do well when things go in a direction you didn't plan you don't like i always tell people breathe you know breathe and then i think there's several things you can do in that in that moment you know in the first one and this is counterintuitive all right thank god for what didn't happen You go, well, why would I do that? Because it'll help you change perspective on things. You know, it's like uh, the girl came home from college uh, in between semesters, and uh, she got home, she said, Mom, Dad, you need to sit down. I need to talk to you. She goes, I I want you to know I'm not not proud of this, but guy was off at school, ended up going to a bar. I got drunk, met this guy, and, well, things happened, and, I want you to know I'm pregnant with twins now. It's going to be okay, though, because the guy says he wants to be involved in their life. He just got out of prison, but, you know, I, I, the fact is he's he's going to try and find a job at some point, and it's okay. He's living with me now at the, my apartment. I'm taking care of everything. It'll be okay. It'll, it'll be good. Parents are like, you yeah. know, They're in shock. She says, I want you to know everything I told you is not true. truth is, I flunked science. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to give you an idea of things could have been a lot worse than they were. Hmm. So you didn't get the project. Didn't get something done on time. You're not going to get the bonus this year. Thank God you didn't lose your job. See how this works? Yeah, so so you got in a car wreck. It's inconvenient. It's going to cost you some time, some money. But thank God nobody got hurt. So... Thank God for the things that didn't happen, and then you need to change the frame. You know, and this is this is kind of a hardwired deal here. You, your filter will determine how you see the world, which will determine how you feel, and oftentimes will determine what you do in your life. You know what? What's rare, really? I think just helpful is to choose a frame before something happens. You know, instead of something happening and allowing that, that negativity, that default in your life to kick in that kind of preempts all the positive things that, that you could be thinking about, the, the right frames make all the difference. Choose the right frame, right frame of mind ahead of time. You know, when I was in uh, eighth grade, I, I played basketball, I was a center, and uh, we were in a tournament early in the year, and we were playing Mount Pulaski, and at that time, they were one of the tops in the state. We had about 30 seconds left in the game, we were down by a couple points, and I got an offensive rebound, and they fouled me uh, almost immediately, and uh, I'll be honest, it, I could feel the pressure. You know, because I could hear the crowd, and I missed both free throws. We got the rebound, though. Ricky, he took a, took a shot, and I got the rebound. They, they, they immediately just fouled me. And I, I'm at the line now. I'm sweating. Crowd, crowd got pretty loud. We were playing in their court, and they're chanting, Miss, man, miss. Miss, man, miss. Miss, man, miss. And I did. I remember going to school the next day. Some of the kids are like, "Hey, Miss Man, how are you?" It caught on. I listened to that for weeks. Have you ever noticed this about the crowd? They rarely will give you a positive label. At the next practice we had, my my coach, Coach Clark, he uh, he pulled me aside. He said, "Damon." You're a good player. You just need to practice shooting free throws as if you're under pressure. That if you miss, we lose. You, you need to gain confidence. He says the next time, you'll be great under pressure if you do that. And so all season, every time I stepped up to the free throw line, whether it was practice or in a game, I would think, you're great under pressure. We faced Mount Pulaski. uh, It was during state tournament. They were number one in the state at that point. And when I stepped on the court, we were getting ready for a jump ball, and a couple of the Mount Pulaski guys are like, miss, man, miss. Miss, man, miss. Friends, each time I stepped to that free throw line, I thought about what coach said to me. I thought about, you'll be great under pressure. You'll be great. I did not miss one free throw that day. 12 for 12. We beat him by 18 points. See, that, that frame for me, you'll be great under pressure. It spilled into every area of my life after that. Every time I, I get in a tough situation, a challenging setting, you know, when, that, when the pressure's on, whether as a leader or a pastor, a parent, a spouse, I step into those situations and I stay steady. And I say to myself, I say, you're great under pressure. Now, I've added to it since then. God's with you. God's for you. God will give you the strength. Take the shot. Don't worry about what the crowd's saying. You can make it. It's okay. Friends, some of you need to pick a new frame in your life. You know, before you go into the situation, you need to pre frame it, assess the situation, and have new eyes in your life. You know, realize that God's with you and God's for you and God's working and God will help you succeed in whatever it is that, that your endeavor is moving you toward. You can't control what happens. But you can control how you frame it in life. I mean, how, how do you reframe? Well, first you thank God for what didn't happen. Then you change the frames and here's the third thing. You look for God's goodness in the midst of whatever it is. Whatever you look for, we talked about this. Whatever you look for, you will find. Whatever you look for, you will find in your life. You face a situation. Challenges are great. They're big. You know, they, they, they overwhelm you at, at points. When life sends you a curve, it's not what you planned, and it's not what you want. Look at the situation. I challenge you to see God is working. If you do, you'll see it. I mean, maybe not right away, but you'll see what you look for. I mean, if you look for goodness in a situation, you will find it. You look for goodness in people, you will find it. In fact, it'll change your relationships if you start doing that. If you look for goodness in a situation, you'll find it. If you, if you look for goodness in your life... Whatever the area, you'll what? You look for goodness, my friends. Your attitude will change. You look for goodness, your, your perspective will change. Your impact will change. Reframe your situation. Base it. Base it on God's truth. Pray. And then get up off your knees and stand up and fight like a champion in your life. See, I, I believe it's revolutionary. You know, that the time's come for you to win in some area of your life. You praise Him and you sing hallelujah through whatever it is. Friends, you cannot control what happens to you. You've got to get this. But you can control how you frame it in your life. You put that to work in your life? Change. Change. I mean, it's huge. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, I pray right now that... uh, your Holy Spirit would just nudge. Because I know there's some that need to change the frame. They've been looking for the worst. And they found it. They've been expecting the worst. And they got it. God change the frame for him. Show him a better way. God forgive us when somehow we think we're supposed to be able to control everything. God, I hope you just instill in us we can't we can't control anything. We can't control what happens. but we can control how we see it, how we frame it. God, open our eyes to the possibilities. Help us see your goodness everywhere we go. God, help us to have thankful hearts in the midst of whatever the struggle. God, help us to see you a better day, A better way. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. And God's people said. Well, that prayer team's down front. Uh, If you need prayer this morning, I'd invite you to just come down and say, hey, pray for me. And then walk away knowing that God's got a plan. You know, start living like a champion. And just uh, remain seated and allow this to minister to you. And think about the song a little different.